This week on Wealth Track, an annual Wealth Track tradition, the outlook for the economy and markets with Wall Street's long-reigning number one economist, Ed Hyman. About the same time the vaccine is starting to really kick in, you're going to start getting a, a stronger wealth effect. So the economy, you know, sometime next year should, you know, could get a lot stronger than it is now. Here's the legendary economist insights this week on Consuelo Mack Wealth Track. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Funding provided by Morgan Le Fay Dreams Foundation, Clearbridge Investments, Royce Investment Partners, Matthews Asia, First Eagle Investment Management, and Strategus Asset Management. Hello and welcome to this edition of Wealth Track. I'm Consuelo Mack. It's an annual tradition on Wealth Track to sit down for an in-depth interview with Ed Hyman, Wall Street's number one ranked economist for an unrivaled four decades. Hyman is a Wall Street legend, vice chairman of Ericor, a leading independent investment banking and advisory firm. He is the founder and chairman of its Ericor ISI division and leads its economic research team, which publishes daily reports considered to be must-reads by institutional investors all over the world. Well, this year, we have even more to discuss than usual. We have extended our conversation into an exclusive two-part series. First, Hyman's outlook for the economy and markets for 2021, and second, his perspective on the extraordinary events of 2020 and what he learned from the experience. So this week, we start with the present, the state of the economy and the markets now. I asked him to bring us up to speed on the economy's rebound from its freefall in the spring. How solid is the recovery? We're in a deep hole. I mean, we're still way, way down. The unemployment rate this morning uh, came out with 6.7 for November. That's still really high. We were 3%. So we're still in a deep hole. And employment has come back only about half of how much it went down. So I just wanted to get that across because there's a lot of pain uh, out there in the economy. Uh, but we have come back a lot. Right. Some things uh, like corporate profits have now made a new high for the cycle, for this drop. They always came all the way back to a new high. Uh, so we've made a lot of progress. And uh, contrary to what I think is a conventional view, it's really pretty broad-based the housing industry is strong, autos are strong, and both of those sectors have enormous feelers. Uh, and then the tech sector, uh, particularly e-commerce, uh, this morning there was a report out that you and I will, will spend 80% of our Christmas shopping online. Not overall shopping, but Christmas shopping will be online. And of course, people like FedEx cannot find enough trucks and then there's things like we do a survey of wine and spirit wholesalers. It's really strong. The toy business is strong. So there's a lot of sectors that are doing quite well at the and same I time. To, I have to interject one thing, Ed, as well, is that you've got this Christmas tree sales 
survey as oh, right. well. And, and <laughs> right. that was up like 29% or something in the most recent reading. So, so what does that mean? Is, is that just a fun thing or does that have some uh, actual, you know, correlation with what's going on in the, the economy? It is fun, uh, but it's also dead, dead serious. Uh -huh. uh, tw 20 years ago, I was working with a client in Denver, Colorado, who was in the Christmas tree business on the side. And every Christmas, he would tell me exactly how sales were going correctly. And so this is a good sign for holiday sales in general. But we surveyed the, the people that grow the trees, the truckers that bring them to the towns and cities. And we surveyed people that 25 of these contacts people that sell them in the cities. And so you get the picture. Uh, the revenue is up 29%. But think of this, last year, which was you know a good year before the pandemic hit, uh -huh. it was up 23%. Wow. So you have a 50% increase. People are nesting and they want to make sure that their home is as good as it can be. Some of them aren't going out because of a quarantine and some of them aren't having the same people over. So if uh, one family always had 20 people over, they're not doing that. So now you have people needing to have more uh, trees. Anyway, it's a good signal for sure. Right. And we just got our, our survey of retailers uh, and that got really bad four weeks ago. It went down to 40 and now it's up to 48. So it's, it's coming back. And, and this is like, you know, the box guys. It's, it doesn't have very much e-commerce in it. So it's it's not great, uh, but it's coming back uh, better. How much at risk is the recovery that we're seeing uh, from a resurgence in, in COVID cases, which we're seeing now all over the country? Whoa. Uh, well, first, I just say uh, the resurgence of COVID cases is really serious. Yeah. It is everywhere. And you and I know people that are involved with this. And so I cut our GDP forecast from 10% in the fourth quarter to four because I thought we were going to get an air pocket and I'm still waiting for it and it hasn't happened. But now uh, students are home from school and it's getting colder and then you have uh, Christmas coming up and I think it's going to get really bad. But it looks as though so far people are coping with it better than they did say in March. We survey about 200 clients a week and ask them this question. Do you feel comfortable, say, dining out? Do you feel comfortable in a taxi? Do you feel comfortable going to the dentist? <laughs> but, and, and we measure each of those, it's about 20 categories. And, and back in March, they felt very uncomfortable and then it got steadily more comfortable. And this last survey, uh, uh, they felt less comfortable but nothing like they did back in March. So people have now gotten sort of used to it and they're coping with it. Uh, but I still think we're gonna hit an air pocket uh, sometime between now and, and the spring. The thing that's happening is that we're getting closer and closer to a vaccine. Right. And so that could, that could change my, my, my view of things. As you, you and I were talking uh, last week, I think I've changed my forecast more the past uh, year than I did in the past 20 years. <laughs> right. That's because of these air pockets, right? Completely. It's COVID. It's COVID. Yeah. COVID. So back in the spring, uh, I thought the economy would go down 50%. Uh, but then the, the COVID 
uh, started to improve a couple of months earlier than I expected. So it only went down 30%. It's really, it's really been a major factor. And I think uh, going out into the spring of next year, when we have vaccine, uh, the economy is going to think of all the areas of the economy that are going to really open up air travel, cruise lines, movies, uh, sporting events. The economy is going to have another pretty good leg up uh, once we get there. But in the meantime, got a lot of downside. One of the things that you've been covering at ISI that I've been following in your research is that you've been uh, tracking all of the aftershocks, and that's the reactions that businesses are having to COVID, and, you know, like layoffs and furloughs and cutbacks and capex and yep. everything else. Um, so are we up into the thousands of those now? So Consuelo, that's a, you know, a, very, a very interesting observation on your part. You know, we are looking for themes. Right. Uh, and this was a very strong theme. Every day there would be 20, more or less, maybe 30, maybe 15, layoff announcements, bankruptcies, furloughs, and every day we would be calling that a uh, aftershock of a collapse in the economy. And they've more or less gone down to just a few a day. Wow, that's a change. And a big change. We also, independent but related, uh, tally layoff announcements every week. And that's still very high, maybe 20,000 a week. It's, it's now clearly come down. And in the past, the layoff announcements have, have clearly come down at the very end of a recession, start of recovery. Or the employment number was disappointing today. But I still think the labor markets are improving. And one of the things that I think you said in a call was that, you know, in your 50 years, and you used that number, Ed, I'm not using it, of being an economist, it was that you were watching that the unemployment rate was a more important indicator to you than what a lot of your competitors use or your peers use, the payroll numbers. So the, the fact that the unemployment rate, even though it's still high at 6.7%, it's like down like eight points or something from percentage points uh, from April. How positive is that? 10 years from now, the only thing that will, will be remembered about today's employment report will be the unemployment rate. And the, un the unemployment rate has dropped from 7.9 to 6.7 in two months, 120 basis points. It's never done that ever. No. It's the biggest drop ever in the unemployment rate in a couple of months. Looking at the economy is a mosaic. And you look at you know, all the pieces of it. And the employment numbers are revised a lot. The unemployment rate is not revised. So I've found in the past that the unemployment rate gives more signal than the employment numbers. You have to look at all of them. And then I also looked this morning at employment in Canada. It's reported at the same time. It went up the equivalent of 500,000. Wow. <laughs> you know, adjusting <laughs> yes, the size no, right. of the Canadian economy. Right. Uh, and uh, unemployment claims improved this week. I, I think the economy is, is okay. There are three things I watch the closest. I watch our company surveys, which got a little better this week. They're not great, but they're a little better. It's like retailers, trucking companies, phone numbers. I look at unemployment claims. They got a little better this week. And then I look at the PMI measures, which got a lot better in November. Purchasing so, Managers oh, Index. And, and, and why, why, are, why are those significant? What are those telling you? 
our survey of uh, companies manufacturing and services that cut across. I like them because they don't get revised and they track the economy pretty well. Uh, and at the moment, they are very strong. They're like 57 or 58, which is a very high number. They're probably 30 at the low point uh, in a recession uh, six months ago. So it's been a huge improvement. You, you mentioned that you've never changed your forecast so many times ever, like that, as you have this year, than in you know the past 20 years, because of their response that you're having uh, with, with COVID, how much a game changer that is. But one thing that has remained constant and increasing is monetary stimulus. So tell us how important the monetary stimulus has been to the recovery that we're seeing, what difference it's made. I think it's the most important thing ever. So first, monetary stimulus works through the economy through a wealth effect through house prices, stock prices, or any other price. Could be Bitcoin, uh, gold prices, paintings, if you bought a sports team, <laughs> you, you name it. Uh, but you know the stock market's up a lot and house prices are up. Uh, so I think anybody can understand what I'm gonna say. Uh, consumer net worth is about 130 trillion. It's up 20% in three quarters. Wow. So obviously, that's over $20, $20 trillion. That's one of the ways the monetary policy expansion of the balance sheet, uh, declining interest rates, uh, money supply growth. That's one of the ways they work. And our econometric analysis indicates that uh, that wealth effect leaves the economy by about a half year. Uh, so about the same time the vaccine is starting to really kick in, you're going to start getting a, a stronger wealth effect. So the economy, you know, sometime next year should, you know, could get a lot stronger than it is now. But uh, I've never seen anything like this. As far as the monetary stimulus and the, the impact is, right. The impact is about normal, you know, given the size of the, so if you add up the big balance sheets, like the Fed uh, and the ECB, uh, they add right, about- European Central the, Bank, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the European and the Fed, U.S., uh, they're about uh, 70 trillion, and they're up uh, 70 percent. I mean, it's just it's you know we talk about the fiscal stimulus, uh, you know, being a trillion or two trillion or whatever. Right. This is 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 very very big. In addition to that, interest rates, global short rates, have declined uh, about 150 basis points. And maybe people have gotten used to it, but they're only 70 basis points. They're basically de minimis. Now that's global short rates, you know, policy rates, if you will. Big drop in interest rates, huge increase in balance sheets. And uh, the U.S. money supply this, this week is up 25% year on year. It's, it's, it's almost, the, the money supply is about $20 trillion. So to, to get it to go up 25% is, I'm not sure I got my share of it, but uh, it's a huge, <laughs> it's a huge increase. And but, uh, the, the, the odd thing staggering. about it, it's staggering, is that uh, it leaves by one in two years. So it's like turning a, you know, a battleship. You, know, you turn it and nothing happens. 
and then about eight miles later, you start to turn. And uh, so we put a lot of monetary stimulus in the system, uh, and I don't think it's being watched so carefully. Over the past year, uh, we've counted as of this afternoon, 645 stimulus initiatives around the world. Is this be monetary and fiscal? Monetary, fiscal, yeah, right. it could be balance sheet and uh, also uh, interest rates. So it's, it's, it's without any, any, any precedent. And what's interesting is that, that you're saying that the increase that we've seen this year is not going to really kick in until next year. So next year should be really a pretty good year. 2021. You know, yes, I think it'll be could be a you know the best ever, like a blowout. But, but a blowout. But sticking to now, you know, we shouldn't forget about fiscal stimulus. You know, there there was you know a lot of fiscal stimulus uh, at the beginning of this year, or in the spring of this year. Right. And uh, that's more immediate. It's more understandable. You give people checks, they spend it or save it, but you can track it. Uh, and now we're waiting to see if they do another, say, trillion dollars in the next few weeks, and if not, maybe in 2021. Uh, but the thing that's exciting right now is that uh, the vaccine will probably be pretty fully effective by the second quarter. Maybe I'll, I'll get it sooner than that because I'm so old. <laughs> and but and affected, affected. So do you mean you think it's going to be your team thinks it's going to be widespread? It's going to be distributed yes. throughout the, the population? Quarter. Yes. Okay. And so uh, to an unprecedented extent, we shut the economy down this past spring. Wasn't, you know, a credit crunch. Uh, wasn't a bust. We just shut it down and the shut economy down. collapsed in an unprecedented fashion, more or less like 40% rate of decline. We picked up a fair amount, uh, but there's still lots of the economy, like we talked about, you know, say hotels or airlines that are still running way, way down. Right. And all that could start to really open up. Uh, and you and I can judge as well as anybody, the extent to which people have some pent up demand to go visit their relatives or visit their kids in school, or take a vacation. And so you could see a you know, very big pickup in the economy uh, next year with pent-up demand. And then you have the lagged impact of monetary policy. And then you're likely to have some fiscal policy either applied now or in the first part of next year. Uh, and then there's more political, uh, say there's less political uncertainty uh, than there was, and you know, that could make people feel a little more relaxed and confident about the future. So there are a lot of things that are coming together, and as, if that's not enough, the dollar has just declined 10%. On the dollar index, it's come from 100 to 90 uh, as of today. And the low point uh, in 2010 was 70. So a decline in the dollar uh, lifts S&P earnings directly. But why is there such a direct impact? Because if you earn a dollar abroad, 
uh, or you know a euro abroad, and then the dollar goes down, you translate it home ten uh, percent higher because uh, you made it over there. Right. And so, for example, the last two times the dollar declined twenty percent, uh, I think two thousand eleven and two thousand seventeen or sixteen. Earnings went up about 20% in both episodes. So as if I need it, uh, the, the dollar could be you know, another lift for the U.S. economy. But I don't want to overstate it. You know, right now, the economy has this 7% unemployment rate. Right. And a lot of people are suffering. Uh, and uh, we're just looking out the way it may look a year from now. A lot of small businesses are starting to fall by the wayside, and that's what I'm concerned about, and I know you're concerned about that too. So what impact is that going to have on, on the economy overall? So first, you know, I would be in favor of a big fiscal stimulus package uh, for this very reason, but also for infrastructure and also to uh, help improve the center cities, uh, which are in such bad shape. Uh, but like I mentioned, I'm a mechanic. I look at the data right. and see what it shows. And uh, conveniently, the National Federation of Independent Business, <laughs> Small Business Association, put out surveys once a month. Uh, and uh, their surveys have gone up a lot. So, As far as confidence? Uh, a confidence? Well, for example, today or, or yesterday, they reported uh, job openings. And that was up maybe 75% of the drop it had come back. So I think that there are a lot of small businesses that are in deep trouble, but there are also a lot of small businesses that are doing pretty well. So any, any small business associated with housing or autos or, or anything with the tech sector, uh, there are a lot of those that are doing better. So I mean, it depends on where you are. It's either okay or really bad. But I right. think small businesses, you know, or I'm not sure they're doing that much different than large businesses. You know, if you're running a hotel, whoa, it's uh, really bad. It's really rough. It's so interesting, um, Ed, because, you know, here you are, a titan of Wall Street. <laughs> and uh, and I remember months ago, uh, you know, in the midst of, of the lockdowns, you know, you saying, uh, really imploring Congress to the government and saying, something has to be done. And you're, you're saying still that something has to be done. And so therefore, when we're talking about maybe a trillion dollar, uh, you know, fiscal stimulus, a package, aid package uh, for the end of this year, which evidently would go, I think, uh, according to your team, through March, and then of course we've got the administration, new administration coming in, and you know you're saying that we still need the fiscal stimulus. I think so, for okay. the very reason you, you, the very reason you mentioned, because their their businesses, uh, like a, a restaurant, or a you know a dry cleaner, or you know a golf caddy, or somebody that uh, is in the concession business for Yankee Stadium. I mean, there are businesses that are just out. Right. Uh, at this point, it looks as though we're doing more shutdowns and restrictions than lockdowns. So I, I've been surprised, Consuelo, that so far the economy hasn't had more of an air pocket or hasn't had an air pocket. Uh, and maybe people are, are coping a little better now than they did uh, six months ago. One investment for a long-term diversified portfolio at Hyman, what would you have us all on some of? 
well, I've, I've been thinking about this. <laughs> so uh, I decided that uh, I would best serve you and your listeners uh, by talking about two things. One is Apple, uh, which it's not exactly a creative idea, uh, but I think it's still a good place for people to put money. And then more in my wheelhouse, uh, I like home building. And so Lennar is a, is a company I like a lot and a home builder I like a lot. Those would be two ideas. I'm sort of in this general area uh, of do you own uh, growth or value? I'm Barbell. I own some of both because I like both. I think we're going to get a cyclical upturn that will help uh, the value part of value. the economy, cyclical part. And I also, I think the technology is just terrific. Uh, and I mean, I can't keep up with it. Uh, I, in fact, I've, I've been thinking about, you know, retiring from this and starting a tech company. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare retire from this. Thank you, Ed Hyman, again. Such a treat to have you on Wealth Track and your insights. Uh, and, you know, you're more than a mechanic. <laughs> you're so creative. And I thanks for sharing the mosaic with us as well. Thanks, Ed. My pleasure. At the close of every wealth track, we try to give you one suggestion to help you build and protect your wealth over the long term. This week's action point is take a page from Ed Hyman's playbook and look where the puck is going. We know at least two effective vaccines will be available here and overseas soon, removing a huge obstacle to growth. We also know that the impact of record amounts of monetary stimulus from 2020 will be felt in 2021. Barring some other black swan event, that means the economy should continue to rebound, corporate profits should improve, and stock markets should prosper. Investing in stocks, according to your financial plan, remains a sound strategy. Next week on WealthTrack, in part two of our interview with Ed Hyman, he shares his perspective and insights on COVID's impact in the economy and markets, what's changed, and lessons learned. Please continue to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and our YouTube channel. In the meantime, thank you for spending your time with us during the holiday season. We hope it's a joyous one. Have a wonderful weekend and make the week ahead a healthy, profitable, and productive one.